an entire valley of gold, let them not heal himself, his whole family will eat, and they will leave the dunya, their children will eat, their grandchildren and great-grandchildren will eat, he won't get finished. But yet this insan is such that after he has now filled the one valley of gold, he will want the second valley of gold. And only nothing will fill his belly, meaning his crave, his want, his desire, in the Torah, but the sand of the grave. But if somebody repents and comes back to Allah Ta'ala, Allah Ta'ala's laws of forgiveness are over. In any case, the wants and desires, that there is no end to it. But the needs, Allah Ta'ala created the means for Islam to fulfill his needs, but he is to go about it in a correct way. Once he is a woman, his entire objective, his purpose for earning, is very different to that which anybody else has in life. Somebody without demand. The woman, he has very high objectives. Somebody without demand, what would be his objective? His objective would be to earn for the sake of earning. His objective would be to live to earn. To live to do business. He won't be doing business to live. He'll be living to do business. Business will become, whatever his mode of earning will be, will become the object of his life. That will dictate what he does, when he does it, how he does it, whether he does something right or wrong, because that has become his purpose, his objective. He works by targets, and every subsequent year must be something better than the previous year. No matter how much the previous year was, if this year is not better, then he is at a loss, even though it was millions. But it's a loss. Why is it a loss? It's still millions earned, but it was less than last year, so it's a loss. It was less than the projected profits. So that becomes a loss. So that is somebody who is devoid of demand. That is what makes him move. That is what motivates him. And a movement, a movement earns for different purposes. What does he earn for? Even Hadith and Islam explains this. That man talab al halal, man talab al dunya halala, the person who earns the dunya in a halal manner. That is his first concern that what I am earning is halal. He will not touch what is haram. He will only be <coughs> concerned about how to do what he is going to do in a correct way, in a way that will earn the pleasure of Allah. So the beast also says, Mantalab dunya Why? What is his purpose? The first thing is, the beast also says, Istighfafan anil masala. To save himself from stretching his hand in front of somebody else. He doesn't want to beg from anybody. Begging from somebody else, this is something very greatly frowned upon in the Hadishari. So he wants to be safe from begging from somebody else. He's seeking halal firstly to avoid begging. Then, wasa'ayan ala ahli to take care of the needs of his family. That is also his responsibility. Allah has placed his responsibility upon him. So he will fulfill this. He will fulfill it in the best way he can. He will be generous upon them. He will take care of their needs. If he can afford it in a halal way, he will provide some religions also. Allah has a forbidden him from that. But 
he is concerned that what he is doing must be halal. He doesn't want to ask anybody else. Then he is taking care of his family. And he is not somebody who is concerned about himself. And then to take care of his neighbor also. And Hassan Basri says that the neighbor is up to 40 dollars away. In every direction. And that is just the first level. Then there is no end to it. Whatever he can, to the extent of his capacity, he will be concerned about the person, his Muslim brother in the furthest corner of the world also. So he eats and he feeds as well. He loves and he lets love. He shares and cares as they say. He is not a person that is now only concerned about himself, but he is concerned about his fellow Muslims as well. So he is earning halal to save himself from begging, to take care of his family, and to take care of others, the needy, the destitute, the orphans, the widows. And these thoughts will say that this person is so beloved to Allah Ta'ala, that Laqi Allah Ta'ala wa al-Qamari Laylat al-Bajr. He will meet Allah Ta'ala on the day of Qiyamah, and his face will be shining like the 14th moon. A person who on the day of Qiyamah is given this honor, this is already the start of better things to come. This is a certificate of acceptance. This is the ticket to Jannah. And why not in the Hadith, the Hadith Ta'ala says that the Tajiru Saduq Al-Ameen that that trader, that businessman who is honest and who is upright, who is truthful and who is trustworthy. What would be his honor on the day of Qiyamah? Obviously there is no question about him cutting corners in terms of the requirements of deen. That his salah is not in order, or his zakat is not paid, or he's cheating somebody else. Well, already that is taken care of in the Hadith Sharif. <coughs> the first addressees of these ahadith with the Sahaba Ikram. And this was beyond their imagination that a person would miss salah for the sake of Ali. That a person would be dishonest. This was beyond their imagination. So this goes without saying. So the Beast also says that a person who is doing business but he is truthful and he is trustworthy, then how will he be raised on the day of Qiyamah? He will be raised with the Anbiya with the Siddiqeen and with the Shuhada, the martyrs. Can we imagine such an honor? Can we imagine such an honor being blessed to the person who together with the other obligations of Deen was honest and trustworthy in his business. <coughs> this is an astounding virtue. And this astounding virtue for a person who is conducting himself correctly in his business dealings. So this is the one aspect of Islam is stating the objectives of a movement. And on the other side, if a person, as we say, he puts the point, what is his position? Nabi Islam says, Uman dunya halalan. The person who earned the dunya, he earned it in a halal way. He didn't earn haram. Because a mukmin, a mukmin doesn't earn haram. He doesn't earn haram. He earned haram, but he forgot why he should be earning. His objectives were mixed up. Why is he earning mukatiran murahiyan? His objective became the numbers. How can I keep increasing the portfolio? How can I keep, keep turning the things? 
So basically his objective became earning itself. He's earning for the sake of earning. He's earning this to advance the dunya. Al-Murahiyan. Just in order to put a certain, get himself in a certain position in society. To be able to enjoy a certain prestige. And to live up with others. The Nabi Salaam says, Laqi Allah wa huwa alayhi ghazban. He would meet Allah on the day of Qiyamah. Allah Ta'ala will be displeased with him. Allah Ta'ala is displeased with somebody on the day of Qiyamah, what is going to be their decision? So the lesson that we get from this Hadith Sharif, the first thing was halalan. That he would only touch that which is halal, no matter how lucrative something else may be. That's not something that affects him in any way. He will never stretch his hand or stretch his, or even cast his glance on something that is not permissible no matter how lucrative it may be. In the hadith, the Nisla says that the buyer and seller, but in sadaqa wa bayjana, burika lahuma fi bayajima. If they are truthful and they disclose whatever the fault might be, they are honest and clear about their transaction. They are not hiding anything, any defects. The effect of this will be that burika lahuma fi bayajima. They will be granted burkat in their transaction. And whereas the other side, but in kazaba wa kazaba, if there's some lying involved, there's some deception, whatever the level of that deception may be. Person is hiding some fault of the merchandise, person is changing some planes, person is cutting the mileage, person is giving some other false appearance to something, is praising something whereas he knows this doesn't fit to the description of giving it. There's some deception of some sort involved. There's something which if he was on the other side, he would have felt cheated. And he's doing the same thing. The beast class is saying, if this is how it's going to be done, muhiqat barakatu bayihima. The barakat of their transaction will be destroyed. <coughs> and in another narration, the beast class says, fa'asa ayyarbaha ribhan. Perhaps they might earn a good profit, but that profit will be devoid of barakat. And when it's devoid of barakat, then that brings musibah. And is devoid of barakat, then that becomes a source of difficulty. Then the bigger the number would be, the bigger the difficulty would be. And if it is with barakat, then the more the better. That is nur nalabur. Because when it is with barakat, then besides becoming a means of a person fulfilling his needs in dunya with ease, with akhirat, it will also become a means of him earning the akhirat. It will become a means of happiness and peace become a means of good things in life, in dunya and good of Yahya also. So in any case, this is the first concern of the person that what he's earning is halal. Because he doesn't want to touch anything that will earn the wrath of Allah. Therefore there won't be any deception. He won't do something that will harm the next person in some way. And he is now making things run, but at the same time, the poor creditor is sitting and waiting for his payment. Nabi Islam says, Matarul Ghani Yagulmun. That the procrastination of a person who has the ability to pay. This is zulm. This is oppression. Has the ability to pay, meaning beyond his absolute basic needs. Everything else is the ability to pay. So now he won't do something that harms the next person in some way. He will do what he has to do in a way that he does not harm anybody, but rather he is a means of good to others. 
So this will be what he will do, how he will go about his business. He will be concerned about what will bring the burden. He will be concerned about what will bring blessings to Allah Ta'ala and the To understand the blessings, that this is his focus. Not on the numbers, but on the burden. The abundance which is called kathrat. That is not his focus. His focus is burden. Then if that burden, kathrat comes, abundance comes, no one allow no. But if that abundance comes without burden, then he is very afraid of that. Just to understand this burden, what this burden is all about, that sometimes this burden comes in a very dramatic way. But it will always be there. Sometimes the numbers may be small, but the burden is there, it will take him a long way ahead. He'll get all his work done. And he'll get it done with Afghan. And sometimes it will happen in a very dramatic way also. In one hadith, Nabi Salaam explains this about one person of the people of the past, prior to Nabi Salaam. This person was, there were four brothers, so the father was very sick, very ill. So one brother said to the other three, that, look, let's do it, deal. Either you take care of our father, and I will take the estate when he passes away. I'll do nothing now. You take care of all his needs. You look after him. When he passes away, I'll take the estate. And otherwise, we stop it around. I'll do all the khidmat, I'll do all the work. I will take care of him. I will nurse him. And when he passes away, you keep the estate. They thought this is the ideal, we don't have to do anything now, and we'll have everything for ourselves. We said, very well, be our guest, most welcome. We will get a bargain like this. So this person now dedicated himself to his father's khidmat, the others who enjoy life, and he was now dedicated to his father's khidmat, he couldn't even earn property for himself. Time went on, and the father passed away. The father passed away, so he kept up his agreement, he gave the whole estate away to his brothers. Now he is left without anything. And he ended up in very difficult circumstances, very hard pressed conditions. But these thousand things were saw like that one day he sees a dream. And he sees a dream, and the dream is being told that there's a certain place, there's hundred dinars, hundred gold coins. And this is there for you, you want it, you may take it. He's given the full description, where it's kept. Now this is unseen help that is coming. But in the dream, the question he immediately asks is, is there barakat in it? He's told, no, there's no barakat in it. He says, if there's no barakat in it, I don't want it. And he wakes up the next morning, he tells his wife, this is what I dreamt. So she says to him, please go and bring me what barakat are you looking for? We are in this difficult circumstances, we'll have something decent to eat, or bring it and come. He says, no, there's no burger in it, I don't want it. The next night he sees a dream that there's ten dinars. First night was hundred, now there's ten dinars. Ten gold coins. Ten Kruger rams for understanding. You want to take it, it's yours. Is there burger in it? No, no burger in it. He makes up, again, the same conversation with his wife. He says, but there's no burger, I don't want it. The third night he sees the dream again. He sees there's one dinar left now. One gold coin. You want to take it. There's burger in it. He says there's burger in it. So he wakes up the next morning and he remembers the dream again. And he goes to where he was instructed in the dream according to the description. 
and he goes and he finds his one dinar. This was unseen help from Allah. So now this was something that was in a public place, it wasn't something anybody's private property. He takes it one dinar and he's returning with it home. On the way, somebody is selling two fish. The son of Abdul Razak, this is the narration, is the Shaykh Hamzullah, they quote him in Fadayla Sadaqat as well. He's coming back, somebody is selling two fish. How are these two fish? He says, one dinar. He buys the two fish for one dinar and he comes. Allah Ta'ala is the provider. Allah Ta'ala is the sustainer. Allah Ta'ala is the nourisher. And the whole ocean is filled with fish. And people have to hunt for that bird. But now this person comes with two fish, bought for one dinar, and quickly he splits the stomach, and in each fish there is a priceless pearl, unseen pearl, nothing like that before seen. Allah Ta'ala puts it in the heart of the team of the time, now to buy a pearl. Allah Ta'ala will provide. Allah Ta'ala puts it in the heart of the customer you go to certain shop and buy. It doesn't happen by chance. It's no coincidence that a person closed his shop because he was sad for salah. And this is not one isolated incident. Numerous people have had the experience that they closed their doors for the time of salah and when they came they found somebody was waiting there from the time that the doors closed the person was standing and waiting. Whereas the same thing that he's selling at the same price that he's selling was available a little short distance down the road. The person would have got it somewhere without waiting. Without having walked any great distance. Who made him wait? Allah made him wait. Allah Ta'ala put him in the heart of the king. I want to buy a pearl. And they came, they found the pearls being sold by this person. One price, eventually the price was fixed at 13 mule loads of gold. Because it was something unique. And the king saw this pearl when it was brought to him. Allah Ta'ala put a second thought in his mind. This is unique. But this is something that doesn't look right without another one in it. Only a pair. When well, find another one, you believe it is double the price. Now they come back to him, you got another one, you prepared, prepared to pay double the price. Double the price, he has another 60 mule loads of gold. So those two mules, those two, one dinar, in return of that, now 90 mule loads of gold. In our calculations, will turn out to be billions. 90 mule loads of gold for what? For one dinar. For what dinar? The dinar which had burnt in it. He was first offered 100, no market, I don't want it. Offered 10, no market, I don't want it. Even if it's one, but he says, Barkat in it, Alhamdulillah. But now where the Barkat comes from? The Barkat comes from that which Allah has ordered. By fulfilling the way that Allah has commanded. By the way Nabi Salaam has taught. And this Allah has summarizes in one ayah of the Quran Sharif. That where this Barkat comes from? this does not make them unmindful. La tulhim does not make them neglectful. And zikrillah from the remembrance of Allah. That in the midst of whatever they are doing, they are mindful of Allah all the time. This is something which my Allah has permitted well and good. 
This is our thing. This is what my Allah has forbidden our own touches. I'd be very lucrative, I don't have anything to do with it. I don't want to get involved in any deception. Any sea rights and so on, that's not my job. Inshallah, Allah will keep my, my ship sailing without sea rights. Anything to do with any bribery and corruption, I have nothing to do with it. This is Allah. And He will only do that which Allah Ta'ala has committed. And Zikrillah in its broader context, even the remembrance of Allah Ta'ala. And the height of the remembrance of Allah Ta'ala is very calm is Salah. And from establishing Salah, that Salah will dictate how a person's job, his profession, his business works. What time the doors will open and what time it will close, Salah will dictate that. The business won't dictate when Salah will be performed. Whether it be performed with Jamaat or whether without Jamaat, Allah forbid will get Qaza also. No, business won't dictate that. Salah will dictate what time it close, what time it open. Salah. And what the command of Allah Ta'ala are, that will dictate what will be sold, what won't be sold. And the fulfillment and discharging of zakat. It won't be that now there's a lucrative investment, put the money now here, we worry about the zakat later. Or the zakat will be discharged first. And why will this be the way the person conducts himself? They are fearing that day, that day when hearts and eyeballs will overturn the day of Qiyamah. And a person has to stand in front of Allah Tabarak wa Ta'ala. And, La yazalu qadama abdin yawm al-qiyamah. He will not be able to move one inch from the spot he's standing until he answers the questions about, and ma'lihi min ayna ktasabahu wa fima antaqa. That his wealth, how he earned it, and that's not the end of the story, how he spent it also. Was it earned correctly? Was it spent in the correct avenues? Or was he spent in that which Allah Ta'ala had forbidden? Now that is what he is afraid of. When a person conducts himself in this way, Allah Ta'ala then infuses barakat in his wealth. Allah Ta'ala makes it a means of happiness. Makes it a means of blessing. A means of good conditions. And makes it a means of him even earning the akhirah. Allah Ta'ala give us a topic that we do everything in life. Whether it's our earning, whether it's our social life, whether it's our personal aspects in life, everything in the way that Allah will be pleased with. And that will come when we have developed this consciousness of Allah. To the extent that it motivates us and it drives us to do only what Allah is pleased with. And to be away from everything Allah is pleased with. And for that we have to work on this Iman. For that is all the efforts of Iman. All the efforts of Iman are for the purpose of developing this consciousness of Allah for that is this effort of Dawud and Tabir, the effort of the Khanqas and Tazkiyah and Islam, whether it is the Madrasas and the Darulums, and all the efforts of Deen are for the same purpose. And in this regard, inshallah, next month on the 19th, the Istimar is taking place in ladies' month, that is also for the same purpose. This too is something we should now prepare ourselves to be present with this objective to develop our Imam, that it drives us to do that which Allah has pleased in every facet of life. Allah Ta'ala give us a coffee.